couple things I need to make sure we really connect. I don't come to second service. Some of you know me, some of you don't. So my name's Steve Fair, as you just said. I own a business. Um, wife of 37 years this week. And uh, I forgot to mention that in the first service. So um, you should be thanking her because, uh, um, how would I say this? There's nobody else that would live with me. <laughs> so anyways, because I can be a little bit of a hard, hard guy. And there's a couple here that work for me still right now, and they still do, that they will agree. I can be a little aggressive and a little intense. And there's a few areas of my life that I'm that way. Business, God's word, and my faith. Okay? So what defines you? And if it bothers you, me walking around, you're just going to have to get used to it for a week. But it's uh, what defines you. When you come to a crossroads of life, is what I like to call it, where you have to go right, left, straight, and it's a hard decision, um, what defines you? What makes you who you are? Um, the other one is, is if you're a believer, your faith is going to get shaken once in a while. Something's going to happen. Something's going to get said, and it, and I found in my life it, it escalates, it seems like, as it goes on as you mature, because you get to test what you are and what you're not. But what defines you? Today I hope to answer some of that question. And in James 3, um, it's talking about taming of the tongue, just so you get to know who I am a little bit, because I want to make sure there's a connection here, because otherwise it's going to be a story, and this is not. This is my story with God intertwined in it here. But it's, uh, James 3 is taming the tongue. Um, you can give God praise, it says, in one moment and be cursing men in another, um, capable of doing that. So I want you to know is, when I stand up here today, don't put me on no pedestal. I've had to apologize. I've had to ask for forgiveness multiple times because um, I'm intense. And I don't, I don't back from that. It's who I am and God created me, but it doesn't leave me there, okay? So with that, um, I want to just make sure I add one addition to that because um, it's something I think we all need to learn. When I apologize, there can't be a but in it. And what I mean by that, if you tell somebody you're sorry or ask for forgiveness, but you might have been part of the problem, there really was no, no, uh, no apology in it to begin with, okay? I'm just trying to feel a little better, I think. So what defines you? And who is this for? I think it's for a graduate. In first service, there's a few more, younger. It's like, I would like to say that uh, you have an opportunity that maybe some of us that are a little older and a little farther down the road should have paid a little more attention. But if you're anything like me, you're going to go like, hey, that's just another old guy on the stage, and I'm not going to listen to him or do my thing. But what happens in college, I think, and moving on through life, a lot of times we'll say, I'm taking a few years off of this Christianity thing. And we're just going to um, live my life a little bit and I'll come back. Well, I'm not sure that happens very well. It, you just have to, no matter what journey you take, you come back to this, what defines you? My desire today is, is this, that I can save one or two people the pain that I've experienced. If I can save you five or ten minutes of pain, I've been successful this morning. Because life brings pain and I know when it comes to like emotional care, um, I'm more concerned about emotional pain than I am about caring for people sometimes in the physical realm. 
my wife will be the first one to tell you, like, mm, it's not who I am. And I struggle with it. I'll step up where I need to be. So if you're in here for the second service and you did the first, this one's going to sound probably a little different. Some of my emotions are spent a little bit. I'll be ready for a nap today, to be honest with you. But my story will take you back because I stood on this stage 28, 29 months ago. When I used my, the word son-in-law, it'll be the last time I use it. My son-in-law passed away at my work, at our work. But I loved the man. I only knew him for about 10 years. And one of my, one of my things that I never wanted to ever do in my business real life was have to tell somebody's significant other or spouse um, they died on my watch. But see, I care about my people. I'll push them. I'll challenge them. I'll to, to be something better. And part of it was for me is Ethan died. Part of it I had to work through is Ethan died trying to live some of my dream too. So when I say this, um, I love the man. And uh, because he was my partner, he was my friend, he was my son, father of my granddaughters. But on February 4th, I think it was a Monday, this young man comes, I, hadn't, I asked him a week before and he'd been gone for the long weekend. I asked him, you come help me load a couple cows? And that was Ethan and I always could count on him. He come by the building and I can see him with a smile on his face and like, had a good weekend, buddy? And he goes, yes, best weekend I ever had with my family. By 11 o'clock, I think it was, hear a boom rattles the windows in the building. And all I hear next is, we need an ambulance and we need one right now. So, as I said in first service, my son, my oldest son, he was with me and we were, to this day, we were working on an issue and it was pretty big and I can see his face in my mind yet. And I go, we go like, we gotta go. We run across to the building. To this day, I don't know what that issue was. Don't know, because I don't remember it. Because I had another issue in front of me. And see, I do okay in chaos normally. That's where I shine at. When there's troubles going on, I'm gonna be the guy right in the middle pointing and directing. Okay, it's the little things that get me. So when I say when it connects, it's like, I am the guy who can't stop from eating two slices of pizza that I don't need. I'm the guy who still needs a savior. Okay, but the, there's a Lord part too. And the Lord part's where when you come to your, these crossroads, when you make him Lord, it's like your will. So anyways, I got to pray over Ethan. The problem is there were six or seven other men that were there that I seen the pain on their face. And there wasn't a thing I could do. See, I had to go up and tell my wife, my son just died. And then my daughter pulls in. And she knew, she goes, what happened? And I said, he's dead. They're gonna be real shortly. So again, worst case scenario I could ever have is tell my daughter and my granddaughters that their father was dead. What's that got anything to do with it? What defines you? See, the other side of it is, like I said, the pain. And someone might know it was like who, who worked around it and there's 
some that work here, that work for me, work with me, is the words I'd rather prefer, that they still see the pain because there's a boom that goes off and they have a flashback. About a month ago, I heard on the radio, need an ambulance, man down. Automatically, boom. I had to apologize for some of mine because, I, like I said, being a little harder is like death was just something part of living, right? So it isn't the same today. But anyways, I had to go ask my, my people that were there, like, you okay? And every day, because one thing I'm going to say is I've not always been healthy through this. But there's one thing Shelly and I decided as a, as a husband and wife. We would never blame God. To this day, I don't think, or ask why. And we would praise him. So when that song is, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, the Sunday we come back right after, the day afterwards, people were somewhat surprised and said, I'm surprised you're here. It's like, you know, God's still in control. But anyways, one part of go back a little bit on the story. Another time, what happened was a, a memory that reminds me of this. My oldest son had blood hit his elbows like four hours later. Now part of that is he come up on the porch, and I think Jeremiah might have been there. I think that's who was standing there with me. He was like, "Son, you don't want to wash your hands." He told me later, he says, "Dad, I never wanted to go do that because it was part of him." emotional today about it. It's tough. There's other people who have lived through way more than I have and survived it. There's other ones who are going to have emotions that are going to happen today that, that I'm sorry, I'm stirring them up. But I believe that when you tell your story, that there's a chance that somebody else can make that journey a little easier because they know somebody else has been through. And there's been people in this church that I know have been through worse. But as Tim said, between Job and Jesus, when I read this passage, I've had a good day every day. So stick with me here. I told the first service that um, buckle up, because like I said, I'm a little intense sometimes, but buckle up like you're in a, a safety harness, because it could be a, challenge you a little bit, and it's... Uh, got a potential to be a train wreck, okay? It's got to come together at the end to make everything work. Let's go to the scripture, which is Luke 22. I want to talk about God's word here. Luke 22, verses 39. Where we start. Just in this day before, evening before, same evening, they had the Lord's Supper like communion, and they washed, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. There also was an argument between the disciples, who was the greatest. I find that interesting, but put a group of guys together and you're going to find somebody who wants to know who's what, so, because that's what defines them, right? Peter said he would never disown anybody. He never disowned Jesus. And he says, oh, by the time the rooster crows, you, you will. So you come up to this, but in 37 it says, it is written, and he was numbered with transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. What is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. So understand, before we go on any farther, Jesus was already saying this God-man thing, this Jesus thing, and I'll let Pastor explain that better than I can. 
he's a theologian. I'm just a man, okay? So that in humanity, he struggled here in just a little bit with it. The God part of him knew that this had to be fulfilled. And I think as a man of God or a woman of God, sometimes you have to understand is, is that with his help, we have to persevere. We have to keep moving forward. So 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. Now, for me, I have a rocking chair, and I thought about bringing it up, but I have a rocking chair in my house, and I always go to it. My Bible always sits on the stand. It's always the place when I'm in up, up in the wee hours of the night, like I was with after Ethan passed, and I always go back to God. I've come to the point like I can't live without him. Is that I just got to have him. But there's that one spot. So part of this is my, one of my challenges for you is, do you have a spot? Do you even seek him? And if you do, where's that spot? Are you preparing? Because as a believer, hey, you should have maybe a spot where you, you can go con consistently to it. If you're an unbeliever here, might be enough that, it, that you go like, I don't know if I want anything to do with this guy, this Jesus. At the other side of it is I got a feeling it's going to make you question before we're done whether I should know this Jesus. And his disciples followed him. Again, another lesson in itself and the message there is that we should follow him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. If you go back in the other ver ver few verses before, it's 28, it says, are, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. Understand, when you go through these, these times of this crossroad or this shaking of the faith, you will always be tempted. I've not found a time yet that I will not be tempted. Because normally you want to release a valve that pops off that, that you can find something that gives you comfort. And we, my, my best analogies for that is a little sin up front seems like a lot of fun, but a lot of pain afterwards. A little following of Christ up front with a little suffering once in a while, normally a lot of peace. So it's your choice which one you want to take. But there's always going to be temptation, and there's another message there, but I'm not going to go down that bunny trail today. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Again, he's been here before. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Where he says, not this cup from me, in Matthew and Mark, he talks about it three times he did this. But the part I want to know is the angel of the Lord. It's the only place I found in the scriptures that, it, that in this particular time frame that it talk, talks like that. But another thing for us to understand is in these times of trouble, this crossroads of life, what defines you, these things here is you've got to turn to God. and He'll give you what you need. Sometimes it don't come with a snap of the finger. Sometimes it's being quiet and listening to it. But he will strengthen us. We don't have to fall into that temptation. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling on the ground. You catch that? He was in severe anguish. Just like I was, with all the pain around. And it wasn't like overnight. There's still repercussions of that pain. Can't see my granddaughter sometimes, but I'll tell you another little story during this time, like three, four months after it happened, I was riding through the woods with a friend on a golf cart, 
And uh, my three-year-old granddaughter goes, looks up at me and goes, my dad is with Jesus. Pretty tough. I mean, I've got to be the guy that's got to hold it together and go like, yes, 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 he is, sweetheart. I hope never you, none of you ever have to experience this, but crossroads of life, what defines you is going to be in the moments. It's going to be in the moments. humanness. Remember I said in the beginning, knew that, that things were coming time and it was going to get fulfilled. But the human side is like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I really want to do this. But he kept saying, not my will, but yours. Verse 44. Uh, Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and sweat like drops of blood falling on the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to his disciples. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. See, even his disciples were in sorrow. They were hurting. They knew something was coming, but what do they do? Fall asleep. Now, I don't know. Me as a human being, when I'm sleeping, I normally don't have too many problems. Or at least I don't remember them, right? So sometimes that can be where we can escape to that. But I don't know if that's always the answer. Sometimes he says, right after that, he says, why are you sleeping? He asked him, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no man, no person, than to give his life for another. Are we being prepared? Are we expecting that these times are coming? So the only time I come close, maybe, of asking why, I sat in that rocking chair. And I said, Lord, I don't want to ask why. And I don't want to, you know, second guess you. It's, it's gone. He's gone anyways. But it, the question came is like, Lord, you know I would have took this fall. And the Holy Spirit said, are you sure? And I, you know, in a mindset, I step back and I go, are you sure? Yes. But, you know, it's really easy to say, yes, I'll do that. But the truth of the matter is, I sat over that tire and like in my mind going like, get out of the way, I'll take it. It's like, mm, I'm not so sure when I think about it for just a second. I'm not sure I'm ready to go. I stood back over the tire and going, I'll take it. Before it was done, I was weeping and going like, Lord, I would, I would take it. I'd take the hit. Because no greater love is there for, you know, lay down your life for someone. My point of it is, is guys, is that this Jesus, when he goes back to his like, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus did that. So if you're not a believer, you might want to consider that this guy, this Jesus that we talk about, took the hit for each and every one of us. Took it. And he loves us. And he cares about us. For the one who's young in the faith, be prepared. Be ready. What defines you? What defines you? We should all ask that question. For some of us who are a little farther along the line, a little mature, we need to give hope, be light, salt to the world. And are we doing that? 
know for the ones who were in first service, I had a lot of more emotions, but I think all the tears are gone at the moment, but hopefully I'm sinking home here, is that that day will never define who I am or my family, but I'm forever changed. And it's Jesus that I, we're talking about here, not my will, but yours, Father. That day should change us, but not always. Jesus loves us where we're at, but he never leaves us where we're at. short day um, I'm hoping I'm making some sense because like I said I had a lot more emotion in first service but this day still rocks me I still cry I wasn't healthy through all of this process lost half of my crew during that time probably because I wasn't healthy spiritually or mentally but I can tell you that we have never asked why me chose to praise chose to praise him and I don't say look at me I got it all figured out I just got done telling you I don't have it all I'm still walking this journey but we need a savior that will help us in the times when we fall short he paid the price for us but we need the Lord too that we can hold on to something solid and again I hope none of you have to go through what I went through but there's going to be some who will or have already experienced it and there's hope. There's a future. But as we get ready to take communion and pastor will come up, just remember that was his body. That was his blood that was shed is what we're representing. I have one other request for you today. So I won't be long, pastor. Is uh, I ask that you join me. You join me for one week. Then when you come up to decisions, will you ask? you're a believer you take one week with me in every decision you make because I think the community changes I think our lives change to another another step if we start asking your will Lord not mine but again that day will never define me or my family but forever changed and uh the little thing that I said at his funeral, and I still mean it today, that little bugger beat me to heaven. And uh, I think he's smiling, and I wouldn't want to bring him back. It's in a much better place. But it hurts. Still miss him. But Jesus is the same way. I don't think his father sets an oven, goes to one wake, this is a good day, my son's going to die. He didn't ever say that. It hurt. But he knew it had to be done for us. For us. Do we live like it? That's the challenge. But come along with me for this week, would you? Would you join me for one week just to say your will, Father, not mine. And for one of you who are not a believer, start questioning is this the real real deal because I'm telling you Lord I've never made it through this my wife would have never made it through it without Christ never because I was looking for something to kill the pain too but I never went there because I know it wasn't what I wanted I'll close in prayer
Father, in so many ways I'll beat myself up today, but it's okay. Lord, I trust that your word was spoken here today, that your will be done, not ours. Father, would you give us opportunities here this week to think about your will, not ours. Father, we who uh, the ones who don't believe, Lord, would you work on their hearts too? But Father, I don't ask anything for them that I won't do myself, so Lord, please help me do that, Lord. And some of them work with me, and they get a chance to ask me that question this week. So Father, I love you, and thank you for this day and this church.